What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Political Panda program. So happy you could join me on this Wednesday, of course. If you missed it, of course, yesterday there was no show because, well, I was recording something very special that will be coming out on Friday for you for episode 250, which does mean, in fact, there will not be a show tomorrow as I will be going and seeing Oppenheimer with my dad on Thursday. So... Of course, uh, be ready for uh, a very fun episode for 250 on Friday, and also the longest episode of the Political Panda program on Friday. As it's already recorded, it's all ready to go, it should be up as soon as I wake up on Friday. So, basically, you'll, you'll know when it's up by the fact that I'm up, or when it releases, you'll know, oh, okay, wow, he, you know, got dressed and everything ready. So, you'll, you'll know, you'll know. Anyway, jumping right into some of today's stuff, and of course some things we didn't get to go over yesterday. So, of course, Korean Jean-Pierre uh, just recently was asked a question by the press. You know, hey, you know, last night the president had a tweet saying, hey, you know, real wages are doing great, but, uh, you know, they kind of got community notes, like, real quick by, real, real quick by, like, all of Twitter basically just even clowning on them for the fact that no they haven't here is that and just one more on that the president had a, a tweet out last night saying that real wages for the average american worker have are higher than they were before the the pandemic that tweet has now been annotated with um a, a message from the platform saying that that is not factual and that they have some 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 stats and some uh, charts uh, footnoted along with that. Uh, do you welcome that um, kind of contestation from tech platforms? We disagree. Uh, do you have any? any... We, we disagree. That, that's all she's got. We, we disagree. We disagree because of we're looking at the data from, uh, from February of 2021. And what we've seen is that wages have, have gotten stronger, have increased. Bullshit. Does anybody feel it? I don't. I feel like there's a hole in my pocket, and I'm reaching in, and I'm missing a few bills in there. And what's what's where where's where's all my where's where's my extra bit of money? Oh wait, there's a hole in it, and it's been sawed. I've been robbed, people. Robbed, I tell you. Done diddly robbed. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think anybody is buying that as well as the fact that she is also insisting still that, uh, well, you know, the Secret Service did a thorough investigation. Oh, I am sure that they did the most thorough investigation we have ever seen. I mean, it was so thorough. It, it was it was so thorough that they actually ended up finding, you know, like, they solved every other mystery about the White House. It was that thorough. I mean, they solved the ghost problem. They solved, you know, they, they figured out all the little secret entrances. They figured out where all the secret stashes were. They figured out everything about the White House. And I mean everything. They figured it all out. That was how thorough their escape. But they just couldn't find who it possibly Possibly have left that cocaine. They found out everything else, obviously. It was the most thorough investigation you have ever seen. (laughs) 
in, in actuality, they didn't really look, and they're like, well, there's a lot of people, and, you know, it could be like any of them, and most of us are going, no, like I told you, I told you before, no, uh-uh, I don't, I don't think that's accurate, I don't, I, I don't think that's real, Chief, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, no, I'm pretty sure uh, you send me in there for like five seconds uh, and and then I'll uh, send a bill your way for my uh, expert services at finishing up this case very quickly. You know, it, some people would maybe call it a world record for how fast I'll solve this case. I, I mean, some people would say. It's a thorough, though. It's a thorough investigation. They did a thorough investigation. Well, Biden is not done trying to uh, give those college students what they so rightfully think they deserve for going and getting their degree. God damn it. They did all of that work of going to a school that gave them a degree and then they don't actually really get a career out of it. And then, you know, they can tell me that, hey, you know, like, did you go to college? Well, no, but yet we're still working the exact same fucking job right now. So clearly the college degree ain't working out too well if you're still ending up in the same spot as little old me. But hey, President Joe Biden, he's got a plan for you. It's only going to take up to $559 billion over the next 10 years. That's great. That's that's a good that's a good thing. It comes all from our great education department, and ooh-wee, they're great, I tell you. They, of course, announced a brand new plan called the SAVE Plan, even though that the entire Biden student loan forgiveness plan was completely invalidated literally just last week by literally the Supreme Court. But, we're, you know, when you fail and fail again, you know, you, you of course just got to Try, try again, because why not? You know, we we did say we would, you know, try to forgive some of it. We, we, we try, even though we've said multiple times that we don't have the authority to do this, because that's not how debt works. You can't just magically wave a wand and say, bibbidi-bobbidi-bam, your student loan is gone. Someone's going to have to pay for it. I mean, it's still going to be you paying for your student loans. It's just... Now you've got everybody's student loans to pay for. Yay, with extra bit of money from your great taxes. I mean, who doesn't love paying taxes? Under the plan, undergraduate and graduate loan borrowers will pay an average of 5 to 10% of their income based on their original loan balances, according to the department. The plan will also forgive borrowers after a maximum of 20 to 25 years. So all you got to do is you've just got to, you know, pay your pay your bill for 20 to 25 years and then we'll really start to forgive you. See, we did it. We did it, everyone. We did it. Guys, we did it. See, we we gave you guys what you wanted, right? You guys you guys wanted like to have to pay it for the next 20 years, so 20 to 25 years, so meaning that by the time you would pay it off or even, you know, get any sort of forgiveness, it will be like you know, 40, you'll be like 40, but it's fine. It's fine. It's good, right? That's what, that's what you wanted, right? See, we did it. We didn't lie to you. We totally gave you the forgiveness you needed. See, there we go, guys. See, White House, they're, they're killing it, everyone. They're, they're, seriously, 
What kind of plant is this? Why even bother at that point? 20 to 25 years? That means nothing to any of these people. They want relief now. I'm not saying this is in any way a good thing. Obviously it's not. This should not happen in any way, spirit or form. I've said repeatedly on this show, I don't want to pay for anybody's college degree because that sounds really stupid. I've, I made a choice not to go to college as of right now, and I would like to keep it that way, as well as the fact that the entire idea that we as the like citizens of the U.S. need to pay, like pay for everyone's fucking student loan or student loans is utterly preposterous and just stupid. And the entire idea that even if they, when they put forward this kind of a plan and people are going to end up having to pay for even 20 to 25 years before they even see any sort of relief anyway, is just silly on its face because that's just, <laughs> it's not really relief. It's just why they're having to do this because they realize, oh, well, you know, we couldn't do the last thing immediately. So we had to do something that's going to last so long that it just ends up being put inside the government, just just giant Tyrannosaurus Rex of debt. And if you know what I'm talking about, with that kind of thing, you 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 watch Schoolhouse Rock when you were a kid. But seriously, just our, our Tyrannosaurus Rex of debt to where nobody ever actually goes and looks in at what we're actually blowing all of our money on. So clearly, clearly we're just going to add some more fuel to that fire, I guess. Because, you know, there's clearly not enough. Sticking with some of the stuff around the White House, according to John Kirby, uh, according to John Kirby, apparently that without abortions for our, our, uh, for our women's service members, According to him, without it, we just can't. We, they just cannot retain or recruit women without giving them government-funded abortions. Which is really weird because, you know, I would think that maybe you, your whole goal when being in the military is just to not get pregnant in the first place. I mean, uh, or maybe, you know, if you're planning on having a family, then maybe you should just bow out of... I don't. Here's John Kirby. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women. 20%. We're an all-volunteer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that sounds great. Your force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People Except for the very aggressive, very aggressive recruiters. People volunteer to go. You raise your right hand and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few years or even for my life. And it might cost me my life to do it. And when you sign up and you make that contract, you have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you and they're going to take care of your families. And they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. I've seen it myself, and it matters. 
because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you back. Yes, we are investing your family's life in us by killing a family member. <laughs> you know, you're not doing the only, it's not the only killing you're doing on the battlefield. You're also killing it back home. Woo! Yeah! I'm sorry, man. It's so funny to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is important. Even across the river, it's important to allow the... Yeah, you're talking about Europe. <laughs> place with laughable military. <laughs> you seen what those... Bro, it's it's like a little pea shooter holding it up. I mean, France is literally on fire fire because it's France French people attacking other French people at this point. That's only when they start turning up the heat. In a war, they're about as useful as a freaking paper stick. <laughs> cross cross the river what? Across the river nothing. <laughs> Man, it, it, uh, uh. Let's, let's keep going. That, that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to meet with some military spouses here at the White House. Um, some were active duty members, some were spouses, all were women. And 201, they told me, uh, that abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage, in this case, their spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again, because it's already having that effect. I have a, a, a son uh, in the Navy. I think you all know that. And son-in-law, too. They're both stationed down in Norfolk on destroyers. You know, and they're proud to keep serving their country in the Navy. But, you know, the Navy told them where to go. They go. You go where you're told. That's the way orders work. You go where you're assigned. You don't get to choose. And so what happens if you get assigned to a state like Alabama? which has a pretty restrictive abortion law in place, and you're concerned about your reproductive care, what do you do? Do you say no and get out? Well, some people may decide to do that. And what does that mean? That means we lose talent, important talent. And we're, again, an all-volunteer force, recruiting is tough enough as it is with a very strong economy out there. We want to keep the people that we get, and we want to, we want to make sure... <laughs> this is so fucking funny, man. You know, it's a, it's a hard to recruit out there. It's not at all our diversity, inclusive, equity measures that are completely turning away most of the people who actually join the military way. No, no, that would never be the case. It would never be the case that our complete inability to actually make a, like, fierce fighting force that it actually would scare the heart of our enemies. No, no, I mean, look at all these friendly faces over here that are so nice and kind. I mean, you just want to be all their friends. All they see my big bear that you just want to hug. Don't you just want to... I mean, they're so friendly. You know, then there's just all so many pretty little faces. <laughs> the military is meant to scare people. You know, the entirety of the military <laughs> should be, like, striking like fear. And should be like a, a whole like proud thing of being able to serve your country. <laughs> the entire idea that, oh, it's a tough job, Mark. Oh, yeah? The economy was significantly better under Donald Trump. And <laughs> I don't remember hearing too many times about the military struggling to get people to sign up. 
I don't I don't remember uh, that being a thing. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're bullshitting me. As well as the fact that, okay, here's the whole idea. I, I, I'm going to put it really flat on your face. If you don't like where you're going in the military, then yeah, you should maybe... Then fine, then okay, then whatever, you know, we'll we'll find some more we'll find somebody else who will be willing to go there. Or if you do go to a place like in this case Alabama and you're a female, I I'm I'm gonna put it real fucking hard down on you. Um just don't get pregnant. Don't have sex. I mean, like this isn't hard. I, I know I, I know that it, it's the you know it's very human to do such a thing but you know it's also just you know having the self-control to just be like eh, you know I don't want to risk it I don't you know I just don't want to get pregnant I don't want to have to deal with this I mean it, like it's really easy in that kind of way you know I I mean it, it's not hard I mean maybe for some it is it must be you know you know, clearly, I, I, I've i never had sex before, but clearly, you know, from the way, you know, Democrats describe it with the fact that abortion is so needed, apparently, you know, sex must be like the craziest thing, you know, I anybody has ever done. You know, like, there, there's riding, like, theme park rides and, like, taking, like, drugs, but, like, sex must be above them in some way. Because apparent, apparently, you know, people are just getting pregnant all the time, and I mean... They just are like, oh my good, I mean, that was just great, but like, I don't need this right now. <laughs> clearly, that that's, that must be what sex is, because clearly it must be like the most amazing feeling thing like you could ever feel in the entirety of like the history of humanity, I guess. You know, apparently there's never been something more euphoric <laughs> than such thing before. I, I, I guess. Who Who knew? Who knew? Sticking with the stuff inside of our government, well, in our modern society, so many people are lonely, and well, the government is here to help. Senator Chris Murphy is here to help. He wants to tackle what he calls the most important issue of our time, loneliness, of course. It drives bad health outcomes, and it also drives political instability. And of course, it's time that he wants to help fix our nation's social connection crisis as a policy issue. And so, well, he came back, and he's got some new legislation for us called the National Strategy for Social Connection Act. Oh, that's great. What would it do, though? What would it do? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It would establish an office of social connection policy within the White House, to advise the president on how loneliness and isolation affect the economy, public health, national security, the environment, and community engagement. It would form an advisory council to bring together stakeholders and federal agencies to improve social infrastructure, quality of life, and civic spirit. It would also develop a government-wide strategy promoting connection, working across the transportation, housing, health, education, and labor agencies. Oh, that's good and launch a public education campaign including national guidelines, research-backed practices to help people engage, connect with their communities, similar to existing guidelines on nutrition, sleep, and physical activity. Because, you know, those guidelines that we have are so working and provide $5 million in annual Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 
funding for research on social connection, loneliness, and infrastructure throughout through 2029. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm glad that now even the government can get involved with the loneliness, damn it. Because who else but the government would be best to help you? Because the government has never failed at anything before, and I'm sure that this won't fail either. <laughs> no, it, it, it's going to massively fail. It, 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 it won't. It will not. Will not work. Well, taking it over to some Alphabet Gang news. Apparently, Justin Trudeau is not happy with the Muslims, okay? He's not happy because, you know, they've been such a long proponent of diversity is our strength and mantra. And, well, he's looking for somebody. And obviously, it's those damn conservatives who've scooped up the Muslims and and are and are causing some big resistance to the to people LGBT even though yes as we all know Muslims for all of history have been the most progressive people on sex rights and and stuff like this forever I mean can't you don't you remember learning in class at the first you know pro LGBT laws and stuff were all passed back and you know, the Middle East back so long ago because they're just so progressive over there. Ugh. Yes. It's those damn, but it's those, those damn conservatives. They they came in and they told them things and now they're all up in arms and against us. And how, how could this have happened? You know, why why, why are they standing up? What, what, what are we teaching their children is just so bad. I mean, I don't know what it could possibly be. I mean, it's not like we're showing them basically porn. I mean, that would be crazy. What? I mean, it's not like the images that we literally show. Show can't be shown literally to on public television because they're that bad. No, that would be stupid and crazy. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I mean, come on. Why would they do such a thing? I mean, Trudeau is just not having it. And, you know, well... That's fine. He can continue to, uh... <laughs> he can continue. And, well, uh, DeSantis, of course, fired back against a disruptor on Monday by an apparent uh, activist at a rally that he was doing over in South Carolina. And, of course, he, uh, fully... Uh, fully actually was speaking to the uh, crowd... At the center, when he was interrupted, speaking about President Joe Biden, and I have something to say to him. Why don't you spend more time with your granddaughter in Arkansas, or at least acknowledge she exists before you worry about our children? And then, of course, a activist opened up, opened a pride flag, and started shouting at the governor. Of course, the agitator was, of course, ignored, and of course, security handled the matter. Once the security had the end, uh, had the individual in the crowd began to cheer, and DeSantis pointed at the director and yelled, "And they shouldn't be worried about our children either. We don't want you indoctrinating our children, and leave our kids alone." Yeah, seriously, most parents want their kids to be left alone. They don't want this kind of stuff. Parents are uh, not exactly, you know, happy when they see uh, what is going on with, like, 
their kids. Like, that's not what people want to see their kids learning. Kids want to see their kids learning, like, actual maths and science. Not, here's this and here's that. It's like, no, just stop. Stop turning them into activists. Stop turning them into, stop showing off your weirdo fetish nonsense inside of schools. Let them be fucking kids. Let them, like, teach them things they actually, make them learn the useless information you've been teaching them before. Or at least actually teach them math and science. So, genuinely, people can maybe actually become a little smarter. Seriously. But sticking also with schools, though, apparently, apparently, Algebra 1 has been effectively eliminated from Harvard area middle schools because too many white and Asian students were taking it. A school district in Massachusetts has slowly began phasing out Algebra 1 of its middle school curriculum because the advanced math class was predominantly taken by whites and Asian students. Now some area parents are considered placing their kids in private school or homeschooling to ensure that they're adequately prepared for, you know, high school math because it's kind of what needs to happen. And if they don't, well, they'll end up falling behind and... Yeah. So, what, what what are we realizing? Guys, there's too many whites and Asians taking our... T t taking this class in middle school and there's not enough other people in it. Well, then we just need to remove it. Of course, that's the great idea because obviously they need to create better equity. Even though that shouldn't matter. It's a classroom. It's a school. If there's not of those other kids in it, then that's fine. If they don't want to take it, they don't want to take it. You know, if, if they don't believe they're ready to take Algebra 1 when they're in middle school, then hey, they aren't ready. And maybe they need to actually, you know, slowly but surely develop their math skills. There's a reason why different levels of math classes exist, because not everyone's all at the same level of math. So, yeah. And of course, uh, though Algebra 1 has not officially been removed from the district's 8th grade curriculum, the new 8th grade math course taken by all students, regardless of their ability, has just 3 out of the 7 units that were previously taught in the Algebra 1 courses. What? That's dumb. Oh, but don't worry, students can take a free summer program that will allow them to place out of Algebra 1. Those who do not take the summer program must either double up on math courses during high school or lose the chance to take advanced math courses. Uh, classes of course that's fun that's fun so you you then have to then take time out of your summer and that because of their stupid equity policies to then go and do the other parts of math that they should have taught you in the school i mean yeah it's free but still this is the dumbest fucking thing i've heard or and then you have to double up in math classes if you want to then be able to take the advanced math classes that's great that, that's, that's fun that just sounds like an extra hurdle that all of these kids that want to actually you know succeed and want to get smart and learn, have to jump through now. So that's that's a cool thing. Great, great work, schools of America. Great, great work out there on the East Coast. Great, great work. Okay. So the attacks against Sound of Freedom are still going as strong as ever. And so apparently Bloomberg has now jumped into the race. With an article entitled, QAnon and Sound of Freedom both rely on tired Hollywood tropes. Huh? It was republished by the Washington Post, because of course, do you know the Washington Compost? You use the physical version of it to wipe your ass. Uh, 
the author suggested that the film has been embraced by the far right and Christians in part because the far right is motivated by myths of corrupted innocence and corrupted of... Uh, Yes, guys, it's not happening. Sex trafficking has not become a worse thing in the U.S. And it, it's a conspiracy theory that, to say that it is. And, and, you know, the entire film being based on a literal, actual operation that really did happen it is just, it didn't happen. He rehashed claims in advance in a similar hit piece, of course, by another writer at the Rolling Stones, imitating that the film's presentation of trafficking is quote-unquote Misleading. Oh, okay. Uh, as if to reassure, he then claimed that a majority of children sexually trafficked are actually between the ages of 15 and 17, adding that into 41% of the cases, a family member was involved. Behind those numbers are uh, often stories of addiction, disavowed LGBTQ plus people, and trading sex on the street to survive. Just because it's 15 or 17-year-olds doesn't make it any fucking better. What? <laughs> I don't... I don't. <laughs> yes, yes, because the fact that it's a 15 or a 17-year-old person that's still not of the age of consent makes it any better to do such a thing. Uh, but no. No. No, I mean, seriously, no. Uh, to, to make it f even, even funnier, uh, the person who's the author of Everything is Horrible Substack, uh, profile, in which the writer of, uh, does a lot of fun things, which he finds fascism lurking behind opinions he doesn't like. He made a fuss earlier this year about his queer family, about his wife, came out as bisexual and non-binary, and his son determined that he was a le a lesbian transgender in addition to writing Wonder Woman Bondage and Fen Feminism, advocating for pandemic school and shutdowns, smearing uh, then-student Nick Sanderman in 2019, has also written a number of articles for, uh, you know, the Prostasia Foundation, which touts itself as a child protection organization that allegedly seeks novel ways of curbing child sexual abuse while admittedly working with pedophiles, and also differentiates on its website between pedophile and minor attracted person, claiming that not everyone who experiences attractions to minors is a pedophile. And it also, an organization values its sex positivity and kink awareness. In an article written by the author back in 2021, treating pedophiles as monsters who are chiefly responsible for abuse actually makes it more difficult to recognize and combat child sexual abuse. Oh, that's good. That's great. Man, we're I'm, I'm glad that we're picking out the best and most qualified critics to um, target an anti-child trafficking film. Who knew that such, an, such a film could rile up the media so hard over an anti-trafficking film? It's a film about literally being against child trafficking and the real-life operation to save children's lives. But apparently, that's just too fucking hard, I guess. Uh, you know, it, a, a movie like that is just, it since it's successful and people aren't going and seeing the other movies that the critics think they should, it's obviously very bad and shouldn't. Well, New York City is trying to alleviate its traffic problem by taxing drivers off the road. In which... <laughs> The proposal 
is of course a big step forward for their green energy agenda, in which they of course would like to basically uh, start a congestion pricing plan, which will charge drivers a fee to for entering the busiest parts of Manhattan. It was envisioned, of course, as an effort to nudge some drivers off the roads and onto public transit so that they, of course, could get stabbed or whatever else happens on those great subways that they have on over in New York, and to flight, flight fight climate change and raise revenue for the state. But, uh, of course, is that, you know, it's not exactly a great idea to do such a thing and, you know, might make crime maybe a little worse and even also might, you know, single a lot of people to just, you know, leave more than altogether out of the city because no one will then want to live to where they then have to pay almost during congestion hours. 23 bucks each and every day to then equal over 100 bucks just every single week just to enter a certain part of the city if they're not using your bits of transportation. You know, you maybe think that that would be, you know, maybe an idea you would try instead of such thing. But, you know, you know, you got to get all those cars off the streets and let in that energy agenda somehow or some way. So fun, 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 fun. Great work, New York. Clearly keeping everybody there since never anymore. Well, Ilhan Omar also got clowned on uh, Monday by claiming that the Earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. In fact, we broke it on three separate days, the National Climate Emergency Now. Of course... The claim is outrageous and not actually provable. The first reliable thermometer was not invented until 1714, which reliably, my sources tell me, was not 120,000 years ago. We have fact-checked this one, correct? Yep, in my ear they're telling me that, yes, this one um, is, uh, of course, not accurate. As well as the fact that it wasn't until the 19th century when records of actual weather were reliably maintained and that even then records were not kept globally, so it was impossible to measure worldwide temperature until literally the 20th century. <laughs> so that's fun. Omar's claims appear to originate with the University of Maine's Climate uh, Reanalyzer, a climate alarmist essay written by WFLA-TV meteorologist uh, Jeff Berdali. Or Berdali, I'm, I'm terrible with last names. Meanwhile, while many parts of the Northern Hemisphere are experiencing hot summers, which is normal, by the way, many locations in the Southern Hemisphere are experiencing a cold winter. Johannesburg, for the fir for example, recorded its first snowfall in more than a decade last week, while Australia was blasted by unusually cold weather last month. Where are the where 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 is everybody? Uh, of course, of course, uh. Based Senator uh, Mike Lee from Utah, of course, responded to to uh, the claim with the best way possible. The oldest progressive play in the book, All Socialism, starts out with an emergency, a.k.a. We need an emergency though, so we can get even more government control so we can control your life because we know what's best for you and not you, but we do because we're better than you in every way, shape or form. 
So of course, uh, thank you, Ilhan. But I think, um, I think not. I I think, I think not. Well, it seems that uh, of course, uh, it seems we have found the overall people who will be, uh, in for the GOP that you will be able to vote for. It looks like for the first Republican debate, you've got your six. It seems that you have Trump as well as DeSantis. You have uh, Nikki Haley. You have Vivek Ramaswamy. Governor Chris Christie, or former Governor Chris Christie. And, of course, Senator Tim Scott. Those, as of right now, are the six. And the overall, you know, need to qualify was you're at least polling 1% in three national polls or in two national polls as well as at least 1% in two state polls from Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, or South Carolina, and they must be from two different states, of course. Additionally, the candidates must have reached a minimum of 40,000 unique donors to their campaign committee. The first debate is, of course, scheduled for August 23rd in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and if enough candidates qualify, the Republican National Committee will hold a second debate on August 24th. And it's unclear if Trump will even be at the debates. Hopefully he will be, as it almost seems like he's trying to pull a Joe Biden, in which he is, you know, doing the basement approach, like what Joe Biden is currently doing for his campaign. Meanwhile, as he continues to go on a downward trend in the polls. And Disney is still, for whatever reason, remaking their old films that people actually want to watch by bringing out a new version of Snow White, where, okay. So, Snow White, the entire title is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. There's the word dwarves in the title. Now, you might be thinking, okay, if they're making, you know, a new version of of dwarves, uh, you know, they'd maybe, you know, hire dwarves, you know, small people but but they but they didn't and uh you know normally you know i it, there's nothing really wrong it's just there's only one actual dwarf everybody is just tall people i mean a majority of these people are actually even taller than the actress that's playing snow white i i, I mean I mean, seriously. I mean, what? That doesn't make any sense. Also, Snow White, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I feel like in such a case, this is genuinely like a role that's supposed to be played by like the most pale of like white ladies, you know? I, I mean, seriously. But uh, we have one actual small person. And then we have, let's see. Everyone else is all way too tall to be a dwarf and in no way is truly like the most representative of any of the dwarves at all, even though the dwarves were literally the hero in the story. And then Snow White is being played by Rachel Zeigler, who is uh, half is both, uh, you know, her parents are one of her parents is Colombian and one of her parents is white, which, believe me, she's not a bad actress, it's just, 
you know, it's called Snow White here. You know, as well as the fact it's dwarves, seven dwarves. You know, it's it's Snow White and the seven dwarves. See a bit of a problem. This is honestly the most like just like ridiculously like stupid Disney remake I've ever seen. Because first of all, who's ever gonna then be like, yes, let, let me watch the new version of Snow White and the seven and the six it, it's basically snow slightly white with the six full grown adults and the one dwarf? I mean sure. What a what a story that must be. So what a story. It's glad to see that Hollywood is still, or should say Disney is still, kicking it with the terrible ideas of modern remakes and movies. Lastly, to get into some sort of very sort of quick stories that I thought I would bring up just at the end of the show that are sort of things I just wanted to bring up quickly that hit my radar that I thought I'd bring up. So, real quick, uh, Tupac... Apparently, we are actually, for whatever, you know, surprisingly, there's still somebody out there that is searching inside of the Las Vegas police, and it seems that they've found some sort of connection into the long, unsolved killing of the rapper from... I To me, this is weird, because, I mean, it's been 30 years, you would... Like, genuinely, I, you know, there must be somebody who's been working tirelessly at this, so honestly... In some ways, I am slightly impressed at the fact that they might have found something after so long of, of him being gone. So, no arrests have ever been made, yet it's really weird that there really hasn't been any updates on this case in many, many decades at this point. And yet, now, there could be something. So, here... Maybe there could be something new that we might find out about what exactly happened with Tupac and well, who who exactly did it. Maybe we could actually learn a thing or two. In some other stuff, a lot of teachers have been using AI detectors to detect different things. Uh, because obviously a lot of kids are going around using stuff like ChatGPT to write different things and whatnot for them. Well, uh, to all teachers out there, be a little bit careful as one of those AI detectors uh, was given the U.S. Constitution to actually, you know, see if it was written by an AI. And according to the AI model, it detected that the entirety of the U.S. Constitution was written by an AI. So I don't know whether that's impressive that the AI then thinks that the actual Constitution that was written over 200 years ago was wrote by AI, or that the fact that, like, I don't know whether the thing that the Constitution is just written as great as it is, or the fact that it is just weird that it thought that an AI wrote such a document. So, something to think about there. And I guess Mark Zuckerberg had accidentally took a peek at, um, at Twitter and decided, you know, I think putting viewing limits on my platform that's already lost so much of its user base is a good idea. So they then decided to also put in limits to then combat all of the bots that are now going over to threads instead. So uh there you go. You can now have rate limits on both of your Twitter clone on 
both Twitter and your Twitter clone. So there you go. Fun times all around. What a fun, fun time, to say the least. So there you go. They took it right out of the uh, the bu- the book of Twitter and implemented it right on <laughs> right onto threads. So there you go. Fun times for all. A uh, person inside of the LAPD, a union leader, basically told the mem- uh, told the members to leave the city for a jurisdiction to uh, understands their value and doesn't have city council members that hate them. And they now deleted post that was seen by the LA Times. Uh, one of the people inside of their union said, hey, you should most definitely just leave. You should leave the city, go to another city that actually values both you and your family and both actually you know, care about you as a whole. So <laughs> clearly uh, someone in the LAPD uh, very based for what they're saying and they should absolutely go somewhere else where people will actually care about them and actually appreciate the great job that they could do somewhere else wholeheartedly agree and finally to end off today officially for uh the very first time the library of congress has selected nintendo's super mario bros theme to be the very first ever video game like track to be enshrined in the National Recording Registry. And in a blog update that was uh, f- from the actual Library of Congress, the Research Institute named the uh, Super Mario Bros. theme as one of its 25 recordings to showcase and preserve within its National Recording Registry. So, yes, officially, as of now, the original Super Mario Bros. theme has been officially preserved inside of the recording registry here in the United States. So, so truly, a tune that will last generations has now been preserved by the Library of Congress. So there you go. little bit of something that's not sad and depressing to end off this episode and to end off me for the week in terms of news. But do not fear, there will be another show on Friday. Of course, it is a free talk Friday, so don't expect any actual news. Expect a a fun one hour plus conversation with a uh, guest who isn't somebody that you would expect. So of course, uh, join me for that on Friday when that gets published. And anyway, I'll see you all next week with more news. But of course, tune in for episode 250 on Friday. Anyway, enjoy. Have a great weekend. And I will see you back here Monday or Friday for the Friday edition of the uh, the Friday show. See you.